I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself, or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. I am not Juliet. And I'm not Theo. Not today, anyway. And that's a sad day for you. Uh, <laughs> How are you? This is, oh yeah, this is Apologies yeah, Accepted. Yeah, everybody, podcast. hi. This Welcome. is Apologies Accepted. Welcome, thanks for accepted. downloading our lovely podcast. Um, and we are live, so to speak, from San Francisco and Austin, Texas on the 17th of January, which is a big day. We were just going to talk about not talking about this, but I think we should. So uh, the 17th of January, because this is the day the the um, protests and stuff were supposed to start, right, at the Capitol buildings around the country. Yes, I live a couple of blocks from the Capitol in Texas, and it's been um, on and off nonstop helicopters overhead uh, since yesterday. And it's so we might hear some pretty quiet. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's right now, it feels like it's every hour on the hour. Oh, um, yeah. And, it, and you were down there at the Capitol this morning, like getting coffee or whatever, and you didn't see a whole lot of activity. I did not see a whole lot of activity, which was good. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to see. And so as I drove over that hill, reality opened up like two different alternative worlds you know how like they have that whole fringe theory of um parallel universes and every decision you make and every possibility x y or z so in the reality that i am in right now with you today i drove past empty streets no barricades four cops just kind of sitting out there um real mellow super quiet not a soul on the road In another reality, somebody is uh, stuck in the middle of 25,000 people who are all armed and uh, a war has broken out. All right. Well, I'm glad we're in this reality for now, at least. Me the fuck too. Yeah. Um, Other than that, I think not much is going on. I am several hours away from the Capitol building in Sacramento, so I have no idea what's going on in Sacramento right now. Um, If I hear anything, I'll let you know, but it's unlikely that I'll hear anything during this this podcast my news alert system meaning uh james will let us know uh, if okay. something newsworthy happens because he is watching the news right now not for is us he? he'll just okay. report it as it he'll happens just come up and let you know yeah, if something happens he'll <laughs> yell up the stairs no we're not totally out of touch exactly um and on this important day in in history sure in yeah. history, it's an important day in history, but it's also just an important day on the calendar. That's more where I was yeah. going to, because I have to make the segue into birthday news. So, oh. what would make today an awesome day if I were to tell you it's somebody's birthday? Like, whose birthday would be real super exciting? Mine. Okay, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but surprise, I know it's it not is. yours. It's not mine. It is um, Betty White's birthday. Oh, and, and Michelle Obama. And Michelle Obama. Oh, my God. Who knew that two right. such leading stars in the constellation of my favorite people uh, were born on the same fucking day? 
That's pretty cool. Very cool. I hope cool. Michelle Obama has an excellent birthday. And if Betty White is still alive, which I think she is, I hope she has an excellent she birthday, She is too. 99, and yes, she has plans Whoa. to outlive us all. I hope she does. I hope she outlives Mitch McConnell, at least. She outlived all the girls on the Golden Girls. and uh, I understand. Are they all dead? Uh, well, I mean, all of them except for Betty White. Wow. I didn't know that. Rue McClanahan died? Yeah, a couple years ago. Damn. Well, uh, I'm sorry. Loneliness. I'm kind of bummed. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> should have written her some cards. <laughs> I should have. When I, I need to. I need to buy some cards and start writing them to the people I appreciate, even though they won't ever read them. You know, you, you never know. Maybe they will. You never know. Maybe they will. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually using this service now, and this is not an ad because we don't have any ads. It's called Postable, and I don't think I've sent you one yet. Nope. But um, you can send a card to someone, and it'll send it out. It'll like have a little handwritten note in it, it like not really handwritten, but handwritten font, and you can say whatever you want, and you can pick a card and write what you want, and you know put the address on it, and they'll stamp it, and they'll put it in the mail, and they'll send it to you. So like all my thank you cards that I wrote so far for Christmas have gone out that way, and uh, anything else like my Christmas cards mostly went out that way. Although I didn't send them this like family Christmas cards, um, so it's and it's like three fifty a card, which is the same cost to buy a card basically. That's, so it, it's really it's it's a reasonable price, and it's so easy. You don't have great. to leave your flipping chair. You don't have to go to the post office or put a stamp on anything or write anything by hand. It's so hard to do. It's easy anyway. I like it. It's fun. I was going to say, and this is not a commercial because I'm all set to <laughs> like two fifty a card. I'll do that. <laughs> I, I spent six bucks on a thank you card. Um, I know, and that was so just a card. Yeah, so so go to Postable, do it. I bet they're not going to be around for long because I don't see how they can make any money out of this. Unless but, you they're know, not sending there. the cards and they're just keeping all the money. <laughs> <laughs> you get the pleasure of believing you've sent a card. And does so anybody? What else is? Oh, sorry. Go I was just going to say, does anybody thank anybody for a thank you card? Um, no. So how do you know so if they got it? Know? Yeah. yeah. I sent a thank yeah. you card, and I know that I'm never going to know if they got it. I can just assume that they did. I sent it in the post. Yes. Yeah, you're probably fine, except for the U.S. Postal Service isn't doing so great these days. But that's a whole other story. Well, what a nice, speaking of segues, see what I did there? Um, yeah. Yes, because lots of things in the federal government haven't been going well these days. We, <laughs> we're here to talk about Smooth. one of those things, which affects each and every person uh, who lives in America, although we have a global yep. listenership now. Yeah, we do. We got people in Poland and France. Yeah, Dubro Dien, Poland. Hi. And Germany. Tschüss. Guten Tag. <laughs> I'm going to be the international interpreter for all of our... <laughs> Thank you. That's You're good, welcome. That's good to know. You're welcome. Vielen Dank. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, today um, coronavirus and vaccines and there's an apology, of course, that is uh, intertwined with our discussion. But first, I think we're going to talk a little bit um, about, give you a little background about coronavirus itself. And uh, Theo is going to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, because uh, seven years ago, I took some biology classes, and I love them. And I haven't opened yeah. biology books since. So Biology is awesome. Uh, this is sure to be a train wreck, but let's go. All right, so 
uh, let's start off with what is a virus, what is the coronavirus, and then what is a vaccine, and then what's going on with the uh, coronavirus vaccine. Uh, and then we'll move into the distribution and operation warp speed. So a virus is essentially a parasite. It's really not living. It's really not dead. It needs a host in order to uh, propagate its genetic code, or in other words, to reproduce. Um, coronavirus is a virus that has been around for about 10,000 years that we know of. Uh, molecular dating takes all existing coronaviruses back to a common ancestor from about 10,000 years ago, as we mentioned. Um, the first coronavirus in humans was identified 50 years ago at the University of Chicago in 1962. They published a paper of their findings in 1966, and then I went down a big rabbit hole to find out if that uh, was published on my birthday, and it was mm -hmm. not. So, oh, bummer. Yes. So... Unfortunately for me. Um, okay, so I know that uh, there are some questions around uh, the coronavirus vaccine and how could they have developed a vaccine so quickly? And that's a great question, but coronaviruses have been known for over five decades. So, uh, and we had a couple of vaccines that were developed in uh, relation to MERS and SARS Classic or SARS-CoV-1. And um, the coronavirus that we're talking about today is SARS-CoV-2, right? Correct. So, yes. Okay. So, uh, coronavirus is SARS-CoV-2. Uh, but there are there are related viruses that we knew about. So, a lot of our um, ability to be able to just kind of like get a vaccine out the door so quickly is this is a known thing, right? Um, We'd already been working on vaccines for the other coronaviruses, is what you're saying. Exactly. So that's so it was easy to sort of extrapolate from that to SARS-CoV-2. Right. That uh, okay. and then the amount of resources that were thrown against us. But uh, moving on quickly. So um, uh, within coronaviruses, there are three different air quotes around the word species. There's alpha, beta, and gamma. So SARS-CoV-2 our coronavirus is most closely related to MERS and two other beta coronaviruses that cause common colds in humans. Um, there are two other alpha coronaviruses in circulation that also cause common colds in humans. Um, and there's no degree of difference in strength in terms or virulence in terms of alpha, beta, or gamma. That's just when that's kind of the discovery alphabet. Oh, we've got these viruses. Oh, we found some other ones that we'll have. These are the alpha. These are the beta. Um, okay. So all coronaviruses have a single-stranded RNA genome. It's genetic info, um, and it's encoded in a single strand. So humans have double-stranded. So part of the reason also why this vaccine was, air quotes around, easy so easy to get to is we're not working with a massive genome, right? We're working with just one simple strand of uh, RNA. Okay. Mutations within coronaviruses and really all viruses are normal and they're to be expected. Uh, basically, every time a virus replicates within a body, there is a misfire somewhere in the coding and the virus mutates. Um, 
There is a new variant of coronavirus out. It's B. Wait, did you say every time the virus replicates, there's a there's a mutation? Yes. Every time the virus replicates, there's a mutation. Is that true? That is true. Okay. Yes. Every time the virus mutate, uh, sorry, uh, replicates, there, <laughs> there's a, a mutation. Um, okay. And we think of mutations as big, scary things, but really yeah. a lot of mutations are just simply useless junk things in coding that happen. So mutation is just simply a scientific term for a change in the genetic code. Right. Okay. Um, so, uh, so yes. Well, on one hand, that's sort of like, oh my God, that's crazy. But then on the other hand, um, a lot of these mutations are meaningless. Mm-hmm. Now, where it gets uh, important, this isn't uh, part of the. Uh, it it is. I was going to say it's not part of the research. This is a thing in science, which is just essentially. Um, so nature is messy. Nature is not perfect and if there is divine intervention it's haphazard at best and there's not <laughs> divine intervention so mm-hmm. um most mutations harmless nothing happens some mutations are harmful and kill the organism um some mutations are beneficial and then we start moving into uh natural selection and, and evolution it's just seri- a series of Accidental mutations that just somehow turned out to be lucky, and uh, the new coronavirus B117, which uh, was generated, sorry, it wasn't generated in the UK, it was discovered in the UK, um, is 50 to 70 times more infectious than our current coronavirus, and uh, it is on track to be the predominant strain in the United States, at least by this March. So, uh, however, this variant, and it's a variant because it is uh, of a mutation, um, is not more lethal or more virulent. So there's nothing to be afraid of because it's mutated. It's perfectly fine. It's still the same coronavirus that we've been fighting all this time. And there, are, there yeah, are, at this point, there's an insane amount of, of variants out there. Right. We just don't know them. We, and we tra- do such a poor job of tracking them that it's a mystery to me how we even know that we have B117 in the U.S. But I guess somebody's doing some tracking and testing. So good for them. Yeah. Um, okay. So what is a vaccine? Um, a, so there are several accounts from the 1500s to describe uh, vaccination or inoculation uh, in China and India. And basically what they were doing in the East was grinding up smallpox scabs and blowing them up into people's noses. Uh, It's a practice that arguably dates back to about 200 BCE. Um, And so people were aware that if you were exposed to an illness, you were not very likely to catch that illness again in the future if you survived. Um, So... We've got people grinding up scabs and blowing them up people's noses. And that's a practice that moved from the East into Turkey and then from Turkey into Europe in about the 1600s. Um, So roughly 200 years later, a guy named Edward Jenner uh, discovered or 
tripped over or connected some dots that milkmaids who typically contracted an illness called cowpox, which was a, a viral disease that was common in cows, didn't get smallpox, a viral disease that uh, was potentially deadly to humans and certainly lethal to uh, beauty. So, uh, yeah, not <laughs> true. Not something true, true, you true. ever wanted to have happen if you could help it. Um, some people got smallpox, got a couple of scabs, they were fine, and probably a bit like coronavirus. Other people caught right. it and just absolutely uh, died. So, um, the legend of Jenner has it that he was a family doctor from um, Gloucester, and he had seen that milkmaids in the countryside never came down with smallpox. And when he asked about this, they all said, yeah, I had smallpox or I had cowpox and there you go. So he decided to try an experiment. And when Sarah Nelms, who was a milkmaid, came to him about the blisters she had acquired after milking a cow named Blossom, the doctor <laughs> took some pus from Sarah's hands and inoculated uh, James Phipps, who was an eight-year-old son of his gardener. First, he gave little James cowpox and then later smallpox. And to everybody's relief, James did not contract smallpox. Yay. Yay. Now, I've heard a couple different versions of this story. And one of them I've heard is um, that Jenner didn't ask permission. He Probably just not. sort of went ahead and scratched the kid and rubbed some cowpox into him. <laughs> okay. Uh, but so these days we have to do a lot more than catch kids and scratch them with yeah. cowpox. <laughs> um, so. So that's essentially what is what is a vaccine? Where did vaccines come from? Um, what is the idea behind vaccination? So what is the COVID vaccine? A uh, couple of quick updates. This information comes from Dr. Maria Sundaram from the University of Toronto Center for uh, Vaccine Preventable Diseases. And before I go any further, um, everybody, we failed to mention that this is not a news program, nor is a science program, nor are we knowledgeable in any way to be speaking. We just found these About microphones anything. and here we are. Exactly. <laughs> so please, so please, So take it all please. with a grain of salt. We know we're probably going to get some things wrong. We're doing our best with the brains that we have. Right. And there's a lot of moving pieces to this. <laughs> too. So by the time this comes out on Wednesday, God knows what will have changed with Operation yeah. Warp Speed um, and or coronavirus mm -hmm. vaccines. But so um, Dr. Sundaram has, uh, has provided an update. We have 41 vaccines worldwide that are in stage one testing. Stage one is where you test on 20 to 80 humans. We have 16 different vaccines that are in stage two. Stage two is when you take hundreds of people who are considered at risk for an infection and vaccinate them. We have um, an additional 16 vaccines that are in stage three. So there are 16 at stage two and 16 at stage three. Stage three is where you take thousands of people who are considered at risk. Um, and let's see, there is a stage four. I'm not even going to worry about stage four. Uh, stage four is where you take tens of thousands of people and it's over you know the course of many, many, many years. So our current coronavirus vaccines will hit a stage four and you know 10 years from now they'll be talking about their findings. 
Um, okay, so that's what's going on in the, in the world. We have 41 vaccines that are in initial development. We have 16 that are in a stage two, and we have 16 that are in a stage three. There are two vaccines that are approved for use in the United States. And of course, everybody can now say the name of these two uh, manufacturing companies or pharmaceutical companies, Pfizer and Moderna. Um, both of these vaccines are mRNA vaccines. Um, there is a third candidate out there. That's the uh, Oxford AstraZeneca. Um, it is slightly different from the Pfizer and Moderna. We won't be talking about the Oxford AstraZeneca one. Um, so let's see. For the Pfizer and Moderna, they are mRNA vaccines. And essentially what we've done is we've taken one of the spikes off of the coronavirus from which the coronavirus gets its name, the crown of uh, spikes that that sort of cover the spherical uh, virus. And we've taken that spike, we've looked at the genetic coding to produce that spike, and we've taken a snippet of the genetic code from the virus, and we're inserting that code into our bodies so that our cells will produce these little spikes. Just the spike, not the whole virus. The spike itself is not harmful. Uh, it's the spike that helps the coronavirus uh, lock onto an individual cell, penetrate the cell, and inject its uh, entire genetic code into the cell. So we've got um, a little piece, one of the spikes of the crown, and we're sticking that genetic code into our cells, and then our cells start producing all these little spikes. And our bodies see these little spikes and say, oh, that little spike doesn't belong here. And our body learns how to kill and destroy the little spike. And that's why these vaccines are heralded as new. And I believe they are going to be the new wave of um, of health science moving forward, mRNA uh, vaccines are just simply going to be uh, earth-changing, life-changing. It's a lot of news. Usually I say something snarky um, within this amount of time. Uh, let's see here. And so then after you get your vaccination, they are saying you have to wear a mask. And there's a big question of why, why, why? Uh, here's why. It takes five weeks with these vaccines to become fully um, immune to the coronavirus. Uh, the Is that five weeks after the second shot? Uh, five weeks total. So five weeks after okay. the first shot. So it's okay. uh, roughly three weeks after the first shot and then additional mm -hmm. two weeks after the second shot. And then you still have to wear a mask even after that. How come and for why? This is what I learned, which was super weird to me. So the coronavirus... Um, we understand today, some hesitancy there, um, that it infects mucosal membranes. So you're getting it in through your nose, you're getting it in through your mouth, it's penetrating the mucosa of your lungs, right? But it, it needs a sweet, 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 sticky, snotty area in order to like get into the body and, and start replicating. And our mucosal membranes have a slightly different immune system than our internal bodies. So our in 
so we get the mRNA vaccine into our blood and our internal body uh, produces the antibodies to the uh, coronavirus. We aren't we being science, not we being Theo and Juliet. We aren't really quite certain how the internal immune system affects the mucosal immune system. So just in case it takes longer for the uh, for the let's just call it the immune instructions to get from your blood into your mucous membranes, they're asking us to wear a mask because you could still possibly be harboring the virus in your nose. And like typhoid Mary, we could be running around coughing and sneezing and talking all over and, and throwing out uh, virus particles all over the place. We ourselves could be immune, but we could still be hosts. So masks are going to be an essential part of this moving forward, probably up through the summer. Um, I read, and mm-hmm. and it could be, I forget where I read this, but it might have been a, a CDC site. I read that the flu um, vaccine also does not prevent transmission, which I f- found surprising. So um, they don't make you wear a mask. Of course, no one was wearing masks for anything, but they don't make you wear a mask after you get the flu vaccine because you're going to transmit it. But it's also a less um, severe disease, so that makes sense. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. I did a little bit of research on, oh, okay, well, um, how likely is it that the coronavirus is a new version of the flu? Are we going to have to get our COVID uh, uh, vaccine next year? Is it going to be just like a flu shot, right? Um, Right. And the short answer is no, it's not. And the longer answer to that is that uh, the virus mutates at a much slower rates or mm. uh, than, say, the influenza virus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's see. Uh, and then real quick, what are some of the challenges around the coronavirus vaccine? So a typical vaccine dosage is 0.5 milliliters, but the coronavirus is 0.3 milliliters. So this requires special training and special handling storage. Um, it requires ultra low temperatures, negative uh, 70 Celsius. Most vaccines require two to eight degrees Celsius. And so that's a temperature inside regular kitchen fridge. Um, and other vaccines require about a negative 20 degrees Celsius. And that's the temperature you can get inside your kitchen freezer. So the coronavirus uh, vaccine requires ultra cold storage and that's because the genetic information is so fragile in uh with the coronavirus uh rna uh Hmm. let's see the way that uh dr i want to get your name right sundaram explained it is that um we're taking some pretty simple instructions like an ikea book instruction set or mm-hmm. get ikea instructions Pictures. right yeah it comes a piece of paper a couple of pictures that's it always ends in a beautiful piece of furniture and a happy smiling mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. Uh, and we have put that on a cvs ticker tape you know one of those five foot long receipts so 
uh, I will stop us there because I think that's probably as much as anybody really wants to understand about where do viruses come from, what is a virus, what's a vaccine, um, what's going on, and here we are. So the U.S. had a plan to not only get these vaccines developed, but get them distributed. Yes. Yes, indeed. So (laughs) the attempt to deliver COVID-19 vaccinations to Americans has been fraught from the beginning. There is no obvious plan available on the internet, although there might be one somewhere in the government. Um, Although the tiers are clear at which one would be vaccinated, the dates of vaccination, for example, for the tiers is not. And it's not even entirely clear at this point who's eligible right now or how much vaccine is available. And we'll talk about that a bit more later. Um, So first off, how is it going with the virus right now? Well, the virus is running amok. Right now, as of today, uh, January 17th morning, there have been about 24 million cases and 396,000 deaths from COVID-19 in the U.S. Uh, Huge. California's daily coronavirus cases are around four times during four times what they were during the summer surge. And that's because of folks traveling for the holiday, the Christmas and, and New Year's holiday. And it could still increase. Um, California currently has 3 million cases, with Texas next at 2.1 million cases. Yay! (laughs) We're both number one, or number number one. We're number number one. (laughs) You're more number one than I am. Yeah, well, San Francisco has only 29,000 cases and 254 deaths, with a population of about 900,000. And I looked up Travis County, Texas, which is where Austin is, um, and it has had 60,000 cases and 610 deaths, with a population of about 1.3 million. So Texas is not doing quite as well as San Francisco, but for Texas, it's doing pretty well. Uh, Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, Arizona, however, is the place you don't want to be. It's the highest risk case with 117 cases per 100,000 people, which is the most of anywhere in the U.S. at this point. So um, if you're traveling, you might want to avoid Arizona, particularly Maricopa County. Uh, And and definitely double mask because those bitches are not wearing masks. They're not. No, in Arizona, when I was in Arizona earlier, they, nobody was wearing I was the only one wearing a mask. And I don't think that has changed because people are stupid. Sorry. It's true. But not uh, our LA listeners County. here in Arizona. You guys are real smart because you're listening yeah, to yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pandering. <laughs> So I'm going to be talking a lot about L.A. County. Um, Neither of us live in L.A. County, although Theo used to live in L.A. County, um, and don't have any particular ties to L.A., although we love it. Um, And Theo may move back there one day, you never know. Um, Because the L.A. uh, Times reporting is quite good. So I have been using the L.A. Times um, to get a lot of information about particular areas, LA County. Um, And also, I think it's a good example for a number of reasons that we'll see going forward. Um, But right now, the total cases in LA County are over a million, although the number of cases has actually begun to flatten a little bit, thank God. Um, But Mayor Eric Garcetti of Los Angeles said that the county's latest surge, again, due to holiday gatherings, was infecting a new person every six seconds, which is mind-boggling to me. Um, and many transmissions are occurring in private settings such as homes. So people having their, their parties and their little get-togethers and whatnot, um, that is actually having an effect. Please be careful. 
Um, and due to the latest surge, intensive care units have been at 0% capacity for some time now. And uh, on the 4th of January, uh, emergency workers in Los Angeles County were told to administer the minimum necessary oxygen to people who are on ventilators, which is really sad and scary. And I don't know what's going to happen next with that. I haven't tracked down the result of that article, but I know they're trying to save as much of everything as they can because I know that I keep hearing that they're putting people in um, in the gift shop trying to maximize as much space as possible for these folks who have uh, coronavirus. Space and uh, oxygen. There's a worldwide shortage now. Not to panic anybody because there's plenty of oxygen in the air, but not in the (laughs) canisters that it needs to be. Imagine if there were a worldwide shortage of oxygen in the air. Oh, it's coming. Get ready. Global warming. Probably. We're going to drain it all out for the COVID people and then we're not going to have any left for us. All right, that's good news. Um, adding to these problems <laughs> <laughs> is the fact that, as Governor Newsom has said, vaccinations are only just ramping up after facing what he calls some, quote, early challenges. And for vaccinations, well, in my words, the U.S. vaccination program has been a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. One problem is happening as states try to set up new systems for booking appointments. So demand is high. People do want to get vaccinated for to a large degree, although there will always be those people who don't want vaccines. But the people who do want to get vaccinated are having trouble making appointments or are getting scheduled if they're in long-term care facilities. So they're experiencing things like uh, if they're online, their servers are crashing. If they're on the phone, they have long hold times and busy signals. They can't get an appointment once they get through. And there's overall confusion about whether or not you can get a vaccine at all. So states are are scrambling to meet the demand and the problem seems to be distribution from the um the um operation operation warp speed um, operation i was trying to think of something else to call it but <laughs> operation <laughs> bullshit speed <laughs> um distribution from ows to states and communication overall um only 5% of long-term care facility residents in California had gotten vaccinations as of last week. And the interesting thing is the vaccination program for the long-term care facilities in California is run by CVS and Walgreens in conjunction with the CDC. Um, but numbers are better in L.A. County where the CVS Walgreens program isn't being used and the public health officials are running the programs themselves. And in uh, L.A. County, 66% of residents of skilled nursing facilities had been vaccinated and uh, ex- were expected to be finished this week. So I've heard from various sources that the CVS Walgreens program is not doing as well um, as locations that have decided to take on the responsibility for scheduling and vaccinating themselves. I'm not sure what Long Beach did, but um, I should look that up. So... Last week, um, the U.S. cleared more than 50 million people who are 65 or older to be um, given a coronavirus vaccine, maybe. Uh, This is now in question, though, because it's unclear how many doses of the Pfizer-Moderna vaccines are actually available. The doses of the vaccine were supposed to have been kept in abeyance for the second dose. So you could get your one dose and then you'd be sure that there would be enough vaccine left for you two or three weeks later to get your second dose. But it was revealed last week that those second doses had already been sent to the states starting in December. So uh, in New York, Dr. Bill de Blasio says that they'll, they're going to keep administering doses until they run out of the vaccine, which they expect to be next week. Um, we don't know. We just don't have any idea right now how many, how many doses are available. And right now, only about three doses have been given for every 100 people across the U.S., 
Um, I've got a bunch of other statistics here, which probably isn't really all that interesting, but I've got a I, yes, interesting one to yes. share that's yes. topical on that. So yes. Bloomberg ran an analysis on December 9th of 2020 of 80 different agreements of uh, between vaccine manufacturers and governor, governments, governors, governments mm-hmm. worldwide, and the U.S. ranked 32 or 32nd mm-hmm. in per capita vaccine reservations. Uh, Canada, the UK, and Australia are at the top of the list, followed by 27 European uh, Union countries and Chile. Um, that analysis, that placement, that being 32nd uh, in yeah. the world, yay, uh, may shift now that the U.S. has purchased 100 million doses uh, from Moderna. Uh, but I'm not quite sure where Moderna is yet because oh wait no Pfizer Moderna sorry I'm getting confused with AstraZeneca and Oxford oh, okay. yep never mind yeah Moderna is already distributing vaccines I believe I had such um, hopes for Oxford AstraZeneca because that was the first one that I ever heard about right uh, like, oh there's a corona there's a COVID vaccine, vaccine out there and when I heard Oxford I was like awesome because <laughs> smart be school <laughs> Not America. Sorry, America, America. But anything under the Trump administration right now, just the CDC, don't trust you one bit. FDA, no thanks. At this point, no. Well, they're doing such an amazing job with everything. I really am uh, a very mean person so speaking for suggesting of that, otherwise. A letter was sent from 45 U.S. Democratic senators to the um, Health and Human Services demanding that the Trump administration take immediate action to fix the significant failures of the COVID-19 vaccine distribution. So part of the letter, um, well, the letter said that a comprehensive national plan should include robust guidance for states, tribes, localities, and healthcare providers, including on personal protective equipment usage, vaccine administration prioritization, and best practices for taking the vaccine from distribution to administration. Specify how the federal government will support these entities with funding, supplies, information, and personnel, which thus far the Trump administration has failed to do, and account for the significant challenges jurisdictions face in scaling up their workforces while continuing other life-saving public health work, which may include providing increased support for mass vaccination clinics and mobile testing units, as well as supplementing the vaccination workforce, including vaccinators, logistical support, and more. And note, all those things are things that are not happening properly right now. And that basically is the entire supply chain. So basically, they're saying this is a clusterfuck and we need to get this fixed. And of course, the Trump administration is going to do nothing about it. No, because everybody's screaming. And when I say everybody, air quotes around everybody, but everybody within the federal government is screaming that somebody needs to do something about this. Right. That's the job of the fucking federal government. But they were looking at the states at 50 different individual um, entities and saying, you guys all need to get together. And hi, that's the federal government. That's that is actually what the federal government is. It's the union of all 50 states. So to look at 50 different states and say, "Okay, here's the vaccine. Everybody go distribute it as and how you want to. Yep. Right. Without offering any the any, guidance, any help, any planning, any guidance, anything. There's a 52-page PDF available online from the federal government to state um, health organizations, right? That's loaded with helpful and practical advice, like create partnerships <laughs> within your community, 
work with local organizations. And, you know, yeah, yeah. It all takes money and planning and time and backup resources, and the states have none of that. Infrastructure. Healthcare has none of that. Right. Infrastructure. And this vaccine requires special handling. Oh, yeah. It requires freezers. They don't have freezers. Freezers that go beyond any freezer that you've got oh, yeah, available minus to 70, you. Yeah, right? they're crazy. And then you got to move the freezers to where the people are, right? Yeah. Um, or vice versa, the people to where the freezers are. Um, yep. And they're just leaving it up to the states to figure this out. And I'm sorry, I've been to some states where, like, they can't figure out how to host a baseball game, let alone, oh, sure. like, you know... I, I just don't, I mean, honestly, this, this just comes back to, we should be in charge of everything. We oh, are yeah. so smart. We would have this figured out. It'd all be done and over. <laughs> oh, it would be over already. Sure. Well, now I have some bad news. Uh, uh, <laughs> yay. So the contagious B117 or UK coronavirus strain, as Theo mentioned, has been found throughout the U.S. Um that's the bad news. Per statnews.com on the 7th of January, um, they say, though, that with one mutation or even three mutations, it's expected the antibodies will still recognize this variant, although they might not recognize it as well as other variants. And that's according to Ramon Lorenzo Redondo, who's a molecular biologist at Northwest University's Feinberg School of Medicine. And after that, um, Pfizer and BioNTech said last week that their vaccine was effective against this B117 variant. So that's good news. Um, the bad news really is that there's a new mutation, which is the E484K or South African variant, which is recent news. And it could be more worrying as it seems like it's more able to avoid the body's natural response and can render certain vaccines less effective. Now, that's just early news, and don't freak out because, again, I'm not a scientist. I read some articles about it. It sounded like it was a little bit concerning, but the thing that everyone says is don't make assumptions. So don't assume it's going to be bad. We don't know yet. We just don't know. So there you are. Um, and now, good news. Yay. Um, some positive signs in California. Uh, as far as vaccination is going, Marin County is lining people up to vaccinate. Um, and it has plans to start vaccinating people in their cars. They say they have Disneyland-style strategies, and they even did a practice drill in the fall. So they are on it. Um, on a recent day, 800 people got vaccinated within five minutes, and the plan is to immunize 2,000 people a day by including doctors, pharmacies, and grocery stores in the process. And that is excellent news. Marin County is not all that big, so they should be able to get through all their vaccinations pretty quickly if all goes well and they get the vaccines that they need. Um, San Mateo County is planning to use nursing students at the College of San Mateo to vaccinate at the school auditorium, which would allow for a thousand vaccinations per day at that site alone. Uh, it could open next week if the county reviews the plan on schedule and other nursing programs at neighboring counties are hoping to do the same. Um, let's see, blah, blah, blah. Some, some states are planning large vaccination centers such as stadiums. For example, LA County, I think has been using Dodger Stadium Dodgers. as a testing site. Yeah, Dodgers. Um, so they're transitioning from testing to vaccinations, and they started um, on the 15th, uh, allowing up to 12,000 eligible people a day to drive to Dodger Stadium for a drive through injection. I would totally go to Dodger Stadium for a drive through injection. And I a Dodger dog. Always... And a Dodger dog. Oh, what if you get both? That'd be a good idea. That would get people to get their vaccines. Free Dodger dog with every vaccine. 
Um, I'm hungry. <laughs> are you going to say weird? You should say that. Not that you're hungry, but there are these incentive programs out there for people to get vaccines. There's really? to get vaccinated. Um, Can I get a pony? There are some agents, some healthcare agencies that are trying to offer incentives to healthcare workers who are afraid of getting vaccinated and therefore yeah. don't want to get vaccinated. So yeah. it's things like gift cards, and it all comes down to some form, uh, some form of money. money, right? Yeah. Nice. Uh, but I'm like, I know there are lots of people in the world. How does anybody who has studied science not want to get vaccinated? I know. I don't understand that mindset. A lot of people didn't study science or didn't That's pay me. attention. Well, but you have to in order to become an RN or to become a nurse, you know. Oh, don't even get me started with those people. Those nurses? I just don't understand. Those nurses. I mean, nurses are fine. Nurses are great. I mean, thank God for nurses. When my when my dad died, the nurses were angels. Absolute fucking angels. But the nurses who don't want to get vaccinated, I don't even understand how they can be thinking. I don't think they're thinking at all. So how do they even get through nursing school? They just memorize shit, I guess, and don't understand it. I don't know. It's How do you not believe? I think that's kind of it. I honestly think that's kind of it. Um, we'll table that for an apology yeah. from a future nurse who contracts yeah, COVID yeah. and gets sick and then apologizes for not having gotten vaccinated when she had the chance or he had the chance. Um, I'm sure there will be some. But so okay, that, was my, that, that was my sidebar. Okay, not only is Dodger Stadium being used for drive through injections, but there are five additional large-scale sites opening on Tuesday the 19th. Um, it wasn't easy for me to figure out how to sign up to get vaccinated. I was pretending I was in L.A. County and wanted a vaccine. Um, I eventually found a page at the L.A. County Public Health website, um, and I was thinking that maybe it was easier to find the page if you live in L.A., since you would assume that they would be publicizing it on all the radio stations and billboards and whatnot. But Jerry Saltz, um, who is at Jerry Saltz on Twitter, said, since America is broken and it is all but impossible to navigate online friction to make a COVID vaccine appointment, I went old school and he showed up without an appointment and was lucky to get vaccinated. I don't recommend showing up without an appointment because you probably will be kicked away, You'll but kicked at least away. he got vaccinated. Yeah. So L.A. County allegedly had a backlog of vaccines and several articles reported that they had opened up vaccination to anyone 65 or older, as I mentioned earlier. But the public health website um, from the county of L.A. said that vaccines would not be available for people 65 and older until we complete vaccinations for healthcare workers and receive more vaccine from the state. They're still not done with that? Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. Israel has vaccinated 25% of its population. As of today, admittedly, they only have a population of 9 million people, but fine, still, but still. They're much more efficient. 25%. Um, I mean, there's no oh, argument that we're fucked. Get ready. And it's all Trump's fault. India, the country yeah. of India. Yeah. One point what billion people is 1.6 billion, right? Sure. They will have uh, their plan is 300 million people vaccinated by this July. That's the entire 300 million. 300 million by this July. By July. Wow. Now they have to. Right? I mean, we have to too, but I mean, yeah. they really have to. Um, yeah. Communicable diseases, just shared facilities, uh, the, the crowds, right? Um, yeah. I mean, it's just. We're, I mean, on one hand, it's like, oh, we're at the tail end of this pandemic. We're at the light at the end of the tunnel. And the other hand, it's, it's like, a long light. holy fuck, <laughs> nobody's in charge. Nobody knows what's yeah. going on. Nobody's yeah. really doing anything. 
Right. The scientists right. all know what's going on. Yeah. Which is great. They do. The medical yeah. professionals know what to do. People yep. have the foresight and insight and and are saying, we need this, we need X, we need Y. They're just not being given it. Yep. I hear you. Let's find out so, why. <laughs> uh, first, though, um, there's some other large-scale sites that are, are popping up around the country, including there's a Javits Center in New York City, uh, which can vaccinate 25,000 people per day. And then the State Farm Stadium outside Phoenix is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week to vaccinate people in their cars. Um, all the appointments for January at that site have been filled. So... There, um, Mayor Garcetti says of uh, L.A. says we're deploying a whole workforce to administer shots and doing it all without this clear sense of when vaccines will arrive from the federal government. But we have to take that risk. So they're kind of flying blind, you know, planning out for all these uh, stadiums and whatnot to de- deliver vaccines without really knowing if they're going to have the vaccines. Um, but the the real good news and the real hope for this whole process, um, Joe Biden and his administration. Uh, he has picked Dr. David Kessler, who was the FDA commissioner during Bush and Clinton, to lead Operation Warp Speed and to change his name to something less stupid, um, along with Gustav Perna, who is currently um, the head of the Operation Warp Speed, but he will continue as, as chief operating officer. And uh, Kessler was instrumental in the anti-tobacco fight. He was dean of the Yale School of Medicine. He was chairman of the board for the Center of Science in the Public Interest and was also on the board of several pharmaceutical companies. But refreshingly, he has resigned from the board of several pharmaceutical companies and is divesting his stock in pharma, which can you say, thank God people are doing the right thing. Thank God. Um, Anyway, um, the other good news I have for you, and this is the last bit of good news I have, is that cost is not an obstacle for being to being vaccinated. Um, people can charge an administrative fee to vaccinate you, but you cannot be denied a vaccine even if you are unable to pay the fee. So you should be able to get it for free if you cannot pay. So go get your vaccine if you can. Um, absolutely, right. yes. Right. And now... Uh, this show is called Apologies Accepted, not Vaccines Incorporated. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the apology. Um, and we're we going to start a new uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately after this, we're going to be recording Vaccines, Vaccines Incorporated. Incorporated. That would be fun, kind of fun, actually. Um, General Gustav Perna, who heads Operation Once Warp Speed, um, which is the Trump agent, Trump administration's multi-agency effort to get Cronus vaccines to American states and is failing miserably, apologized repeatedly on December 19th for confusion over the deliveries of the vaccine. So I think, Theo, you have um, some of the, um, the um, information from the apology. I do. Do you have so, the text of the apology? Or should I, I read what I have? I do. Uh, let's see here. Um, why don't you read what you have, and okay. then I'll backfill. Because gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's that's perfect. So um, General Perna attributed some of the problems to the federal government's miscalculation of how many doses of vaccine could be shipped. Does that make sense? Yes, he attributed some of the problems to the government's miscalculation of how many doses of vaccine could be shipped. He said the number of vaccines available ended up being lower than they initially had forecast. And what he said was, where I failed, 
I failed, nobody else failed, was to have a clear understanding of the cadence of the vaccine distribution process. It was my fault. I gave guidance. I am the one that approved the forecast sheets. I am the one that approved the allocations. There is no problem with the process. There is no problem with the Pfizer vaccine. There is no problem with the Moderna vaccine. It was a planning error and I am responsible. I don't really know how to say it any clearer than that. We're learning about it. We're trying to get better because at the end of the day, it is about facilitating the most available vaccine doses that are releasable out to the American people. I had to lower the allocations to meet the releasable doses that were presented to me, General Perna said. So to the governors, please accept my personal apology if this was disruptive in your decision making. And I just put a note in here that um, per an article in Forbes magazine, I thought this was useful um, to, to know. Running a vaccine supply chain is a complex operation. It requires coordination and clear communication across everyone involved. This includes not only those running Operation Warp Speed, but also other members of the Trump administration, the manufacturers, the governors, other state leaders, local leaders, public health officials, and healthcare professionals. And I know this to be true from my own experience working for a pharmaceutical company. Um, I thank God do not work in the supply chain portion of the company, and everyone should be glad for that. But um, I am working on a project right now that only slightly, briefly touches supply chain, and it is a nightmare. It is so complicated. And Everything has to be done perfectly, and communication has to be perfect, um, and it's absolutely critical to people's lives. So it's a, it's a tough job. So I feel I feel some sympathy for the folks who are doing this, but honestly, although it is complicated, um, people do it all the time. So the government of the United States should be able to figure out how to do something like this, especially since there was a report. As I understand it, there was a report built by the Obama administration on, uh, I think, uh, like something like the coming pandemic or something yes. with instructions on how to operate during a pandemic, which yes. was completely ignored by the Trump administration. Thrown away so, and, and thrown disregarded. Away. Oh, my God. They closed the the Office of Pandemic uh, Prep down uh. as an unnecessary expense, um, <laughs> you know. And that worked out real well because I think the two hundred thousand dollars they saved from yeah. funding that office, oh, yeah. totally. I mean, yeah, saved us. We're what three yeah. trillion now? Um, yeah. So I feel quite a bit for General Perna. Um, he comes from the military. He has a background in moving material around for military operations. So this is a guy who moves people, guns, food, fuel for the U.S. military around the world. So he knows so he how to know move what he's stuff. Doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, okay. he understands the importance of supply chain. So yeah. I, I think you're right uh, to highlight that uh, this isn't easy. Yeah. It's not people being dumb on purpose, people, yeah. you know, intentionally not delivering stuff. But at the same time, this one guy knows what he's doing. The other people around him, I'm not so <laughs> sure about. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do have some feel for uh, General Perna, uh, but I noticed in his apology, so he gave a 28-minute uh, news conference in which he issued... Um, the two-minute apology, 
sort mm-hmm. of wrapped in 26 minutes of we're doing a great job, hooray for us speech. Mm. Um, okay, so mm. uh, within this same apology, he mentions that, and this is a direct quote, the Moderna vaccine can be shipped and stored at standard freezer temperatures and is packed in containers of 100 doses each. This allows jurisdictions the flexibility to support hard-to-reach, small, and more rural areas. But this is a state's decision. States have worked hard on their plans. The Mm. states understand the priority groups, and they have allocated vaccines to locations and sites where they will best meet their plans. We are full support of them, them being the states. Mm. So uh, part of this, this clusterfuck or part of the cluster that's happening is they're just allowing the states to make the decisions for themselves. And here's the, you know, here's your hundred vials of specially packed, super frozen vaccine. Please now distribute this. Hmm. Good luck. We hmm. support you. Well, no, you don't. Um, and uh, then within this, I also like he threw a little bit of shade at the administration uh, where he says, I want to take personal responsibility for the miscommunication. I know that's not done much these days. Oh, wow. General Perna, light a match, yeah, set a burn. He was right. Hello. He was right. Um, he does take ownership of his failure to f- accurately communicated supplies, having set expectations real high, giving misinformation, mm-hmm. terrific, mm-hmm. Uh, real nice. Um, and he also mentioned how it was more difficult to distribute a drug where you have to give one dose two or three weeks after the first dose. So, and, and that has to do, I think, um, that goes back to where originally they weren't releasing the doses until they had the second doses prepared and waiting. But then uh, in January, it was discovered that the second doses were actually released early. So uh, nobody knows what's going on with those doses and where they are. And at least I don't know where they are and who's going to be able to be vaccinated. Uh, No, I have a personal experience with this, which I'll share for the end, because we've had an update. We've had to register and all this fun nonsense. And so uh, great. I may as well do it now. So I had mentioned uh, in a previous episode that we'd received some information from our uh, doctor, from our doctor's office saying like, don't contact me. I'll let you guys (laughs) know when we've got vaccine to give you. We have 7,000 doses and we've given X number out. And, you know, if you don't know about it, it's because it's not your turn yet. Just wait. Um, Mm -hmm. Great. So two days ago, we got an email from the same clinic, uh, which Mm -hmm. sees 80,000 people. So it's a big, uh, it's a big regional operation here Mm -hmm. in the Austin, Travis County area. Um, And so the email said, hey, guys, real sorry. We've just been told we're not getting any more vaccine. If you've gotten a shot from us, if you got your first shot from us, you can come back for your second shot. We know who you are, so don't try and lie, bitches. Um, (laughs) And good luck. Go find the vaccine. Wow. Contact Austin Public Health, right? So that's what we did, uh, which was an online process, Austin Public Health. What are you here for? COVID, click, great. Vaccine, great, click. 
give us your info, answer 10 questions, which basically help them assess what's your risk category. Do you have a pre-existing condition? If so, what is it? Is it one of these? Did you used to smoke? If so, you know, yes or no. Um, how old are you? Height, weight, that kind of stuff. Um, and this is an instance where being old and fat really pays off because <laughs> you get your shot before somebody who's fit because you're wow. at a greater risk. And smokers when... get their shot before non-smokers. Which, Did you get an appointment? Uh, so, no. What they've done is they've said, hi, we have your information. Great. We'll contact oh. you and let you know. But at okay. least we've registered with the proper authority and yeah. we know that, like, now we just wait and hear, and we know they know we're out there and we're waiting. Um, we don't even have that in San Francisco. There's no website you can go to to sign up. There's no information. The only thing that it says is to contact your provider. And my provider has no fucking idea what, you know, what's going to happen. My provider is actually Heal, which is one of those um, sites that are online that, where they come out to your house. And I'm sure they, I'm sure they're way down at the bottom of the list for getting vaccines, if even if they're going to get one. So I'll probably end up having to go to um, some center somewhere to get vaccinated, and I don't know how I'll sign up for that. Um, it's fine. My guess would be San Francisco Public Health, and yeah. whoever like doesn't have insurance, wherever um, those people are are going, right? That. That'll be the logic tree for you to follow. Whether or not you'll I be bet. able to, you know, uh, qualify for that program now, right? But you'll find resources. So, or yeah. come to Austin. Okay. <laughs> I might go to LA and sit in the line at Dodger Stadium. Go to Disneyland. Um, yeah, I could go to Disneyland. Somebody got an appointment on Twitter for a vaccine at Disneyland today, I saw. Which won't be the first time anybody's gotten a shot at Disney. No, that's not funny. Um, <laughs> it's there. I'd have to work on it's it. It's somewhere. Somewhere that's, yeah. Yeah. So, um, what I do yeah. like about the Dodger Stadiums, the Disneylands, the big theme parks as distribution sites is these are facilities that are built to accommodate large numbers of people and move them through yeah. quickly. Makes yeah. all the sense in the world. It also yeah. helps that these places have been out of business for months. So Disney's been closed right. since last March. This right. is a great way to get, I don't know. Um, I, don't, they, I don't know if they rent their parking lots out to the public health departments, if they're getting paid for it. Or if it's just like free service community. I hope it's think free. Of us it good. ought to be free. If they want to reopen their business, it better should be free. It's Disney. They're going to find a way to um, make money on people. it. So um, governors and state health departments have, have uh, been alarmed and expressed their alarm this week about how vaccines, how few vaccines they've received compared with how many they've been promised. And uh, Governor Jay Inslee of Washington State wrote on Twitter, this is disruptive and frustrating. We need accurate, predictable numbers to plan and ensure on-the-ground success. Um, and Perna, in his apology, said it looked very good on paper. Paper plans are very good. Execution is where we learn. And I tell you something, that's not true. Because in my, I'm a project manager in my day-to-day -day job, and I do not learn in execution. If I learned in execution, I would be fired. I learn prior to execution uh, while I'm drawing up my paper plans and while I'm doing the planning process. And there are lots of things that I have to do that seem pointless and dumb, but that actually prepare me for 
any possible error that might go wrong in 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 the execution phase, uh, which is when I do not want it to go wrong. So anyway, I mean, I feel for Perna. It's not his fault, but. Um, oh, and then I have a little bit here on when can you get vaccinated? So people are being vaccinated right now. Um, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine was approved whenever it was approved. And healthcare workers and people in long-term facilities are being vaccinated. Uh, I know this is true. My sister in Delaware is in a long-term facility, and she got vaccinated this week. So okay. that's that's going. Yeah, hooray. Um, and that's phase 1A, healthcare personnel and residents of long-term care facilities. So that uh, if you're in that category, you can get vaccinated now. Don't know how long that phase is going to last um, until they're all vaccinated or until most of them are vaccinated, I assume. Um, the next phase is phase 1B, which are frontline essential workers and individuals 75 years of age and older. So we don't think that'll start until February because the vaccine supplies are currently appear to be limited. Uh, phase 1C, er, Originally, it was supposed to start already, but because of the lack of vaccine, um, these are other essential workers and persons 65 to 74 and individuals 16 to 64 with underlying medical conditions. So if we have underlying medical conditions, we might be able to get our vaccine in phase 1C. Phase 2 is everyone 16 and over who are not in phase 1 who uh, are recommended for the vaccination. That means people 16 and over with high-risk medical conditions. And there's no phase 3 and there's no discussion that I've seen about children, but I would assume they would be the last ones to get vaccinated since the effect of the disease on them is the least. Um, although they can transmit it, they will still be transmitting it with the vaccine apparently. So they'll, they'll be the last ones to be vaccinated. So the apology, how do you feel about the apology? Shall we do, um, uh, what's it called? Oh, uh, what are, well, never what do we want to call it? Um, uh, we've condemn been calling or... it absolve or condemn or absolve or condemn. Yeah. I okay. like that. Um, I'm real still on the fence here because while I see it's not his fault, um, uh, well, I guess I could talk about that after we do the three, two, one. I have, I'm stalling for okay. time because I haven't made up my mind <laughs> and it's going to be a real split oh, second. Keep nail in mind that his apology was given on December 19th. That may affect your decision whether to absolve or condemn. Because it was pre-insurrection? No, 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 no. Because because he's had a month since then to improve oh. things. Oh, 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 got you, got you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking. I was thinking more. I hate the Trump administration <laughs> so much that everything is just like anti-Trump, anti-Trump, anti-Trump. Um, yeah, totally. So, sure. Why not? All right. Let's okay. do three, two, one. Three, three two, two, one. One. Absolve. Condemn. Uh, <laughs> you think it was a good apology? I'm sure, no, I think it was okay a horrible it, apology. Or? And I think that he... Um, I think he, he does a lot of like hooray for us. We're so great. Uh, oh, that part it, I didn't hear. Yeah, there was there was a lot of like, um, really. And we've had to deliver this through the snow. Oh, big fucking deal. <laughs> big deal. They, of course, hey, there's snow, and guess what? Uh, sometimes there'll be rain, and sometimes you can a get road might be coke through the snow. I mean. Yeah, I get my gummy bears through the snow. Yeah, and, and so it's a bullshit apology. But at the same time, okay. it is a bullshit apology because it's he's apologizing for his miscommunication. Great, and that's all he apologizes for. And so, sure, we've all miscommunicated. We've all made that error. Great. His miscommunication 
did not physically change the amount of vaccine out there. He just said right. expectations real high, and now everybody's super nervous because we got less vaccine than we were supposed to get, and the government's falling apart because the government is falling apart. It will yeah. quickly get back together again, um, and this yes. bullshit's going to move forward. Um, and it's I hear Pence move forward is in great. charge now. Do you think? Do you think that's true? I'm sorry, Texas. What? I hear Pence is in charge now. Of the vaccine, just or of the government? No, no, just of the government. Just not, not the juro, but de facto. Or I'm in charge right now. There's three more days left of this <laughs> fucking. Oh God! I hope this no inauguration goes smoothly and everything transitions, and the the five hundred thousand dollar cleaning of the White House goes smoothly, and the saging and the exorcisms. And the... <laughs> Get that bullshit happening too. And Melania's crappy decorations. I can't wait for Christmas 2021. I can't wait till they fix the Rose Garden. They really fucked it up. God, it's so horrible. I'm going to say the tennis <laughs> pavilion. I haven't seen the inside. It looks the fine. Outside, it was cute. Fine. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, so that's moving us away from uh, our, because we're just talking about how much we hate Trump and everything with the Trump administration <laughs> now. And this is part of the Trump administration. So this Operation Warp Speed was initially entitled... MP2 for Manhattan Project 2. And this no. was, oh yeah. And this was going to be, let me tell you this story, the crowning achievement of the Trump administration. Because nothing like this has happened in the history of man. And I'm going to say, sure, nothing like this has happened in the history of, sure. of man, where we have rolled out a an answer to a public health issue, right? So quickly. Um how Great. did the vaccine for the Spanish flu get distributed? I have no idea. I meant to look that up, and I'm sorry I didn't. I don't even know that they developed a vaccine for the Spanish flu. I I'm going to look it up. Think it mutated out of because so getting back to sort of this like thing of mutations. What I've been secretly hoping for was that there was just going to be a variant of the uh, coronavirus that really just was so weak that it did nothing and that that would become the super spreader and we'd all catch the little nothing and it'd be fine. Um, but that hasn't happened, didn't happen. Um, so let's see, going back to this crowning achievement of the uh, Trump administration, there was a uh, one-two punch approach. And the first punch was going to be a lot of funding to a lot of uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies to develop a vaccine. And the second punch was going to be the distribution. And as much as I dislike the Trump administration, or because I dislike them so much, this part's painful for me. They did a good job with the first punch. They did a very good job giving money to pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies. I love drugs so much, I can't even say the word pharmaceutical. Um, I get so excited. Um, <laughs> but where they failed, and where they failed in a super important way, is in the distribution. Because you can have all the vials you want. If it's not in a human body, it's not doing anybody any good. Yep. So... Um, it's, it's sad there. And part of the other bit of this is there's just simply not enough available vaccine. And some of that has to do with purchasing. So the Operation Warp Speed had an opportunity to 
purchase vaccines in advance. And they mm-hmm. did. They mm-hmm. purchased um, a lot from Glax, GlaxoSmithKline, um, which you received... Mean Pfizer? Pardon? You mean Pfizer? No. Oh, no. You mean the ones they purchased in advance before production was started? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. so um, Operation Warp Speed was all about like, okay, we've got a ton of money and we're going to just start giving some cash out to you guys and your scientists and you do the research and you develop a vaccine. And so they gave some to, um, they didn't give any to Pfizer. So Pfizer didn't get any to development money. They got distribution money. Um but they gave some to Moderna and they gave a lot to GlaxoSmithKline. And and I'm just going to call it Glaxo to make it easy on me. And Glaxo um, was <laughs> the most promising, but they had a big problem. So they got held up in stage two and they haven't been able to get out of stage two and into stage three. Uh, and so the government, rather than looking at other companies to, you know, buy more vaccine, has just kind of been waiting for Glaxo to cough up a solution right. to its problem. Right. I see. That's so um, I read a brilliant little piece of analysis, which I am scrolling through because I thought, ah, all right. So. Basically, how could they have prevented all of this? How could the U.S. government have prevented all of this? Um, And uh, this is a quote from... I don't know my source. Okay, but it's good. So I'm just going to read it anyway. Was there a clear alternative? Of course. Put in an advance order to all of the manufacturers that was enough to secure vaccine for the entire nation if delivered by early 2021. The worst thing that could have happened in that case was that the nation would have spent a few billion dollars on extra vaccine, vaccine that could still be sold or given to others around the world. Instead, we got the worst thing that could happen, which was mm. people making assumptions that certain things were just going to happen, happen because we want them to, right? Um, I want GlaxoSmithKline to develop this vaccine, and I just know they're going to. So I'm going to wait yeah. for that to happen. And so part of this is not just simply like nobody knows what a road looks like or there weren't enough trucks available. It's also right. that uh, poor planning. And I bet you... And I'm going to say it right now. We find out some of this is due to greedy, greedy people dragging their feet, waiting to get their way so that they could increase their profit margins because they have personal investments. And I'm sure we're going to find that out in the next couple of weeks. I bet you're right. And I I looked up the Spanish... I looked up the Spanish flu, and it turns out that it just uh, people either died or became immune from getting the Spanish flu, and it just sort of died out after a couple of years from that. There was no vaccine. There was no vaccine for the Spanish flu until 46, 1946. So, wow. That's so a... we need to get our vaccine, our vaccine shit together, man. Yes, we do. We. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm just going to say this. It's so nice to hear Joe Biden speak, and it's Mm -hmm. so nice to hear him say words that aren't about himself, 
his ego, or any, I don't hear superlatives coming out of us, the greatest achievement of all, none of that. You know, he's got people who have experience, who know what they're doing, who are straight talkers, and that's all we need, right? And yes, and I love Kamala. I think she's great. I think she'll do a great job as vice president. Um, I'm looking forward to their their regime. <laughs> regime. I, hope they do, I hope they do a lot of hard work in changing whatever it is about the government that made it possible for us to get to where we were, where we are currently. Um, so this can never happen again. Get ready for uh, voting rate law or legislation to become front and center next year. Let's get through the pandemic. Let's get the economy a little. Let's hope there's not some weird war. Right. Yeah. And then we need to get through the climate crisis, too. And then we'll do the. the, the I'm real bad about the climate crisis because I'm going to be dead when it gets bad. And so I don't care. You might not be dead when it gets bad. I care. Now I care. (laughs) Trying to be funny. So are we ready for who's sorry now? Oh, yes. That segment we do every show that I have (laughs) totally prepared for. Of course, I'm. Totally right. Okay, but like, I actually have one. Oh, cool. Okay, I want to hear it. Um, so you go first, <laughs> and I'm going to listen and not think about mine. <laughs> okay. So I grew up in Pennsylvania, in uh, southeastern Pennsylvania, near Philadelphia. And I lived um, in a house that was near a barn with uh, a horse and a pony in it. And the next door neighbor was the one who owned the um, horse and the pony that were in the barn. So I got to know her. And because I was a horse mad child, um, she let me uh, hang out when she rode the horse. And sometimes I got to ride the pony or whatever. So, so and I also had a friend who, or the dog. And I also had a friend who lived down the street. Um, who also came over and and uh, was also a horse mad child, and we had been friends for about four or five years at that point. She was my best friend, and um, one day we we did something we were never supposed to do, which was we went out into the paddock without an adult, without our our friend who owned the horses. Um, we went into the paddock and we um, got a halter and a lead line on the pony. And my friend wanted to ride. And I said, no, you can't ride. You know, we don't have any supervision, blah, blah, blah. It's not a good idea. We're not supposed to. And she kind of bullied me into letting her do it. And at that point, I was a bullyable child. So I let her get on the back of this horse. And that horse instantly tore off, yanking the lead out of my hands and ran around the um the paddock and my friend was just hanging on by like a bare thread to this horse that was I mean it was a little pony it was probably going like half a mile an hour but I mean it seemed so fast at the time and and my friend was just like hanging on and it got to the point that she was like hanging on to the horse's neck like she was just hanging off of the horse's neck and then finally the woman came out from her house because she could of course see everything that was going on because the barn was right there behind her house and she started yelling at me because I had let my friend do this. And she said to my friend that my friend had um, really, uh, what she say? She said she had rodeo riding skills and that she was a good rider, but that I was bad because I let her do it. And I think my friend owes me an apology because she bullied me into it and she's not that great a rider anyway. Are you still friends? No, that was the beginning of the end of our friendship. Oh, wow. Uh... <laughs> But she still owes me an apology. She can find me if she if she uh, really wants to. 
It's possible. Uh, like, yeah, she should. And you, let's find her. That's going to be our mission. Okay, we'll find her and we'll demand an apology. Right. So, listeners, if you knew a really bossy girl... <laughs> in Pennsylvania in the 70s. Who's horse mad. God. <laughs> so, have you thought of a, a posse that someone needs no, to No, because I was riveted because I just pictured this little child <laughs> with their arms around the neck, like, riding... You know, this exactly. horse and like exactly. going to fall off any minute. And I know exactly how you felt. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was horrified. I thought she was going to die. I felt guilty for it. And I wasn't even there. <laughs> um, All right. Well, we can skip your yeah, apology. Yeah, we're going to have time. to skip my apology. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot. And uh, That's okay. Next time you'll do it. Yeah. I mean, I've always, there's a lot of random bullshit apologies. Um, but uh, no. No, I'm, I'm living in a, well, okay, sure. There are some people that owe me an apology, and it's an insurrectionist okay. from last Wednesday. Um, oh. Fuck all you bitches. Sorry. You're horrible people. Um, it oh, really God. panicked the nation. You've really embarrassed the nation. You have mm-hmm. um, ended a longstanding tradition in this country, which is called the peaceful transference of power. Um, Joe Biden was rightfully, legally um, elected. Elected. I certainly voted for him. Um, Yeah, me too. I know a lot of people who are delighted that he is going to be president. And so this alternate reality that, you know, 30% of the country lives in. um, I'm I'm real sorry for you guys. Uh, You're in a cult. You need to be deprogrammed. I have an uncle who is in this cult. And I thought things were a little weird because I didn't hear from him this Christmas. And I sent him a Christmas card. We're not we're not close, but we're not like we speak. But it's just at Christmas time. It's through Christmas cards. Right. Uh, And didn't get one first time in 15 years uh, Mm. since we started our nodding Christmas acquaintance ship. I mean, he's my uncle. I know he is. But um, yeah. And so. Uh, it's going to be uncomfortable for some people for a while. He really believes that Biden stole the election. Apparently, I'm hearing from another family relative who doesn't listen to the show. So great. Um, and he's not dumb. He's just a lot of time on his hands and his children are not supervising him. He's got access to the internet, and I had no idea until I heard from the other relative just how um, far gone he was and supports the insurrection. Uh, Q is going to be telling us all stuff in the next couple of days, and it's like, oh, man, God. Didn't they find Q? It's some guy who owns the server. I mean, it wasn't hard to connect those dots. It's, it's nobody, right? It's, it's like, not anybody important. Oh, no, it's nobody important at all, right? It's who stands to make money off of it. And that's yeah. all it was. I mean, that that yeah. was the answer. Uh, the guy didn't have zero government clearance whatsoever. And, <laughs> uh, you know, all bullshit. Sorry, JFK did not come back from the dead. He hasn't been in hiding. There aren't yeah, children. Democrats don't eat babies. Not all the time. They're hard to catch. <laughs> Just at Christmas. Just at Christmas. 
<laughs> so anyway, yes. Yeah, so that's that. My reach and grab for an apology. That's who owes me an apology. Um, All right. Yes. Yeah, and so we have done politics. We have done COVID. Our next one is going to be the most inane apology of all time, and we will find it. It is going to be <laughs> the most fun, interesting, not Yes, we'll triggering. have a light one next time. Right, yes. right. Something light and humorous. Something. This is supposed to be sort of a comedy show, so we'll try to be funny. Er. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. listening to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at ApologiesAccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.